Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Oh man, if you could turn with me to Exodus 14. We're starting right at the very beginning. Exodus 14 verse 1. Please bear with me as we go through these scriptures. I've tried to shorten as much as I can. I want us to look at this this story, just a section of this story. Um, so we're just going to jump ahead in some of the areas, but please do stick with me. It's Exodus 14 verse 1. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdol and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea, directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. We move to verse 10 from there. It says, As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you've brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, Leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been far better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. Verse 14, The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Move to verse 19. He says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Verse 21, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. We all know this story. If you don't, it's the story of the parting of the Red Sea. I heard it many times when I was at Sunday school. I love some of these stories because they present to us the power of God and what God can do in our lives. Before Jesus came along, there were many things and all these things point to Jesus, but these stories are so good to remind us Of where we can be in our lives sometimes. You might say today, I ain't in no desert. I'm in no desert that I've got an Egyptian army following me. 
But I want to just draw on a few things today about this story that I believe could help you in your walk. The title of my message today is, Keep Calm and Carry On. Keep Calm and Carry On. Moses was instructed here, he was telling the Israelites, he said, I've just heard from God, we've just left Egypt, I know, and we're here in the desert, and I'm, I've got another instruction for you. The instruction is to turn around and go back. Go back towards where you came from. It all sounds a little bit confusing for him, for Moses to be instructing them to turn around and to go back. We know that his purpose in this was, God said to Moses, if they, if you do what I'm saying, the whole purpose is that it will confuse the armies that are subduing you. We know that Pharaoh had let these people go. We've all seen the story on TV and watched the Hollywood cartoons. We know that Pharaoh had let these people go. But God knew that they, he would change his mind and he would be after them again. And he was getting ready for a plan to deal with the enemy behind. But it all seemed so confusing. They felt trapped. They look ahead, there's the sea and they're in a desert. And they look behind and he's saying, you know, you, I want you to go back towards your enemy. Turn around, make a U-turn. I don't know how this relates to you today, but I believe sometimes we can be right in the position of where they were in our own lives. We can be right there at a place where we have come out of something that we believe God has taken us out of. We're about to move into the promises that we know that God has promised. Things have been said to us, things have been spoken over our lives in the past that have said to us that God is going to do this. He's revealed certain things. But you find yourself in God's plan, right in the middle of these two things. You've got one person, Moses, instructing them what they should do next, that all seems so odd. And to turn back to the enemy that they've just been with in Egypt. Sometimes you might feel like God has abandoned you. That the promises that He gave to you, or has spoke to you all throughout your life, that He's not there anymore. Is what I'm being told, is what I feel the right thing. This all seems so confusing to actually turn around and go back. Today are you feeling trapped? I believe they felt trapped in this place. They started to say to Moses, why have you brought us to this desert to die here? We, is it because that you want us to come and die in the desert and not die in Egypt? We'd rather go back to the slavery. And some of you today may feel trapped in this position right now in your lives where you feel that you don't know where to go. You've got certain things that God speaks to us through the prophetic and words of knowledge and all these kind of things and through reading your Bible and praying and speaking to God. And you find yourself in a position where you feel trapped and you don't know what to do. 
And the last thing you need is someone telling you to turn around and go back to where you've just left. Let's look, look at this story a little closer. And let's look at some of the things that I believe God can help you with today. If you're in that situation. Number one today is I want you to, sometimes we have to go back to the future. Has anyone watched the film? Go back to the future. If you haven't, please stick with me. Not many people have. It's just me. Some classic films. Go back to the future. It doesn't really make sense. I used to think as a young child watching the film, what is all this about? Go back to the future. How can you go back? Oh yeah, you get this time capsule, you go back and they change things to come, then go into their future and to, it was, it was a real mind game watching this film. But that's not what I want to focus on today. Here, the children of Israel are instructed to go back to where they've just gone, to make a U-turn, not to go back to slavery, but to go back to their future. He had a plan for them and he said, I want you to make a U-turn. I want you to go back so that you, in order for you to go to your future. This must have see, seen like such bad advice. They could have been thinking, getting together in their groups. We know that from, from reading things, it tells us that there could have been anything from between 2 million to 4 million people there. That is a lot of people. And they would have been getting to their group saying, I'm sure this Moses has got it wrong. I'm sure that this is wrong for us to turn back. What is he talking about? Maybe we should get another prophet. Maybe we should find someone else who's going to give us another word that tells us something different. Because I don't like what this Moses is saying. He's telling us to turn around and do a U-turn. This is seriously bad advice, guys. We read earlier that it said right at the end... When he instructed them, he says, the Israelites did this. They did it. They did what he said. They trusted. They followed what the prophet said, believing it was God's words to turn around and go back. Sometimes today, you can feel like you have just done a total U-turn. Like you used to be in a place and then all of a sudden, God has directed you and you're starting to walk back to something. You're thinking, wait a minute, I thought I was going that way. And God has brought you to a position where he's U-turned you. I want to tell you today, God has plans in U-turns. He uses U-turns. I never like it when the satnav tells me to turn around. Once you have to make a U-turn and you make one wrong turn and you have to make a U-turn, it seems like you're making them forever to try and get back to the path again. Take another U-turn and then you realize that your sat-nav's not up to date, so it's not, it's missed the road and then you get so confused. But I want to tell you today that I believe that God is involved and He's in the business of sometimes instructing us to make U-turns. To change our direction. Verse 3 said, Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will pursue them. The whole purpose God wanted to do here, he was basically playing a game. He was trying to fool Pharaoh's army as to say, if these guys turn around, it's going to confuse him. God had an agenda. He had an agenda that's far bigger than what we have. And they wanted, and we all want sometimes a a linear, um, 
way that we think it should be, A to B, for God to direct us in our lives. I've come to learn that it's not like that at all. It's not A to B. It never is. God's way of working is completely different to ours. He wanted to deal with who was chasing them behind. God's good, isn't he? He sees things that they couldn't see. He knew that the enemy was going to pursue and change their mind. So he thought, I'm going to deal with this. But I'm going to hope that these people will listen to what I've got to say. I hope that they understand that although it looks a bit odd, I hope they understand that when Moses instructs them, that it's for their best. My mum used to say to me all the time when I was younger, you'll know when you grow older. It's for your best. And I used to say, no, it's not, mum. It's for your best, she used to say. God says it to us. We're his children. He says, for your best. Listen, sometimes it doesn't look like it's the best thing for you to be making U-turns in your life. But he is involved in these U-turns. And he wants to deal with the things behind so that he can build a stronger future for you. I was chatting to one of the guys here, Peter, yesterday about it, uh, currently in our home we're doing some work and trying to, we stripped off all the wallpaper and we're trying to do some, we're going to do some plastering, some skimming over the walls. For those of you who've done that, I know there's some guys involved in it at the moment. And we've took, I've took all this wallpaper off and it's all ready to, to go and Emma's been saying to me, when are you going to get this done? And I've got no idea, but I just keep seeking the Lord and he hasn't answered yet. But I took all this wallpaper off and then I had the plaster come around. He says, I want to come and see you again before you proceed and we proceed with the job. And he came around just the other day and as they always do, he came in and he looking at it and checks it out and he says, if I were you, I would take all this off right back to the brick. You got a lot of cracks here. I said, how much is this going to cost? He'd already given me a price. And he he asked me to make a choice. He says, it's up to you. You either stick with what you've got and we skim over it and it'll look good. But don't blame me if the cracks start appearing later on. I told you so. Or you can pay them more money and we can render it and get rid of the cracks once and for all. I believe it's the same for us sometimes. We're in a choice of do we move forward in the things like the A to B that we want And forget about some of the things that are behind to deal with some of the issues. We don't want to make any U-turns. No, we want to cruise. We want to get on the motorway and get going to what God has in store for us. The promises. Now we've got to get there quicker. But God uses U-turns. He wants to deal with some of the things underlying. And just like me, I know that if I skim that wall and I don't deal with the underneath, it's going to be playing on my mind every time I walk down those stairs that other cracks going to appear. Because if they do, I know who's going to come after me. God tries to deal with some of the things behind us to prepare us for the future. So sometimes you've got to go with it. You've got to go with it. No, God is in control of everything. Keep calm and carry on. Don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on God. We sing it all the time. The U-turns only work... When they're from God though. You see, you've got to recognize and identify if you walk closely with God when he's showing you U-turns. 
He's showing you things that feel like, I, I wish I was going that way, Lord, but you've got to identify what they are. You see, Jonah in the Bible, Jonah was a perfect character to give an example of someone who made his own U-turn. God told him to go and preach to the city of Nineveh. He said, go and preach to that city, preach against it. The city of Nineveh was a city that didn't want to hear about God. And he said, go and preach to the city. The reason why God wanted to do it is not to condemn the city. He wanted to bring them to him. And he asked Jonah to do this. And Jonah is thinking, what shall I do? Shall I get out of this? And he turns around and tries to get away from it. But he ends up being in the fish. He's trying to decide whether he's going to follow what he believes God is doing. I want to tell you, if you... Try to turn in your own directions, doing your own U-turns sometimes, just because you're trying to avoid the forward path. Because sometimes the forward path doesn't always look that good. It's not easy being a Christian. Jesus says we have to suffer sometimes. So don't think that the road ahead is always that simple. And some of us sometimes start making U-turns when it gets a little bit difficult. We look ahead and think, ah, surely, surely this road is the wrong one. God's got it wrong. It doesn't look so good. I want to guarantee you today that God sometimes takes you on roads that you ain't going to like. And if you want a real relationship with God and a true walk with God, you've got to start recognizing by His Spirit what are good things to U-turn on and listening to His voice. Sometimes going forward for you is so daunting that you turn around. But it might just be the way that God wants you to go. Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9 says this. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. We must remember today that God's timing is not like ours. We're so used to looking at our watches and our clocks and our iPhones and the time and when it starts getting a little bit dark and we're so adjusted to the way that we look at time. I want to remind you today, God has not got an iPhone in heaven looking at the same time as you. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the one who was and is to come. He is not on your time schedule. His way of working time is completely different. So when you look at it like that, and you don't look at it like, what is God going to do at half past seven tonight? What is He going to do in the morning? God knows exactly the day you were born. All the days ordained for me were written in His book. Before any of them came to be. Do you know what I love about that? Anything that ever comes my way now, as difficult as it is, I know that he predestined everything. I have to trust him, I have to pray, but God knows our lives inside out. We've got to start thinking differently about time. Differently about the way that God deals with time. When you start putting him into your box of time, saying I wonder if he's gonna, if he's gonna come through, Yeah, we sometimes have to wait for certain things that relate to this earthly time. But I want to tell you that God works on a different pattern. Sometimes it feels 
like your life travel for what God has promised you, it feels like you're on a maze rather than a road. When we go to places with the kids and we're wandering around mazes, it's so funny when you're walking around them and you're just walking past families and the, then you walk past them again and you think, when are, when are we going to get there? And then sometimes I've gone to some mazes where they've got the bridges above and people are stood in the middle laughing. Ha <laughs> we've got here. We know where you're going wrong. And they're watching you trying to get to the middle. God is watching everything. And I want to tell you, life is actually like a maze sometime in God. Sometimes you have to turn around, go back. But know this, it's not so, so simple as A to B. Start to think differently about how he will work. And that he might be using some U-turns in your life. In Exodus 14, the U-turn was the perfect thing for them to take them to their future. God's purpose was to throw the enemy into confusion. And all they had to do was just listen to the instructions. When David... In the Bible was pursued by his enemies. He wrote this in Psalm 31 verse 14. He said, I trust in you, Lord. I say you are my God. Verse 15, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies, from those who pursue me. David discovered one thing in that very verse that we've read. That the clock of his life was in the palm of God's hand. The very clock of his life. He says, my time, times are in your hands. When the enemy was pursuing, he said, my times are in your hands. I feel hemmed in. I feel like everything's going wrong, Lord, but my times are in your hands. Even though my enemies pursue me. The second point I want to bring. Is this. Stop before you start. Stop before you start. Verse 13 said this. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. He said the Egyptians you see today you will never see again. Wow what a big claim. He didn't just say, I'm going to help you sort this out and try and battle them. He said, you're not going to see them again. Do what I'm saying and your enemy, you ain't even going to see them again. The Lord will fight for you. And here it is. You need only to be still. Keep calm and carry on. Stop before you start. Sometimes we don't like this bit sometimes. We like to be on the move all the time. This generation is getting to a point where we want things quick, fast. We're on a fast time schedule and we don't want to wait around. I was so surprised when we went to America last year. I'd only just got off the plane and my friend picked us up from the airport and we were driving back to his house. And within minutes he says, do you want a Starbucks? And I said, yes. And I never got out of the car. He just pulled in. And there it was, the drive through Cakes and everything through the window. Do you want a McDonald's? Yeah, it was straight through the drive through Everything there was drive through There weren't even any pavements to walk on. Because everything was done quick. 
And sometimes we get like that. Even in this country, I saw for the first time just outside Cambridge, we've now got our own drive through Costa. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But we're like that. We want things quick, fast. We want to get through life quick. Wishing sometimes our days away. But here it says, when you turn around and you're going back towards your enemy, I know that sounds a little bit crazy, guys, but here's the next bit. Don't get your weapons out, don't do anything, just stay calm and sit down and don't do a thing. I don't know about you, but if someone told me to do that, I'd be a bit worried. I'd be thinking, we need to get ready for these guys. These guys are coming for us. I know God, you're right. We'll, we'll go, we'll go along with the plan. If we need to attack them so we can carry on, I can understand that, but still, stay still. This does not seem right, Lord. You see, sometimes we want a word or direction that tells us something exciting. It tells us nothing about staying and waiting. We sung this morning about being in the shadow of his wings. Waiting on him. One of the things I want to encourage you today as a church to do, if you're in this season, is to wait. Is to learn to wait and be still and listen. Is to not rush. To not make rash decisions. To not make rush choices. Be still and wait. Psalm 37 verse 7, David again writes this, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. You see, that's one of the other things. The enemy sometimes comes in. And we're saying we've been to church and we get back tomorrow morning and we're, and we, we, we're fired up. We say we've, we've learned to be still. I'm going to be still today. I'm going to pray and I'm just going to trust God. And by Wednesday we're agitated again. Come on, I need a word. Where's word of today? I'm going to open it up and see if it says anything. See if there's any instructions in the word of today that might tell me what God wants me to do. Lord, I've waited for three days. Three days. We need to learn to wait longer sometimes. I've met so many people who say I'm waiting on the Lord and then I see them the following week and that's all they've waited. Till the next time I see them. We need to learn to wait, truly wait. You see, I believe this. If you are in God's will, if you position yourself and you want God's will in your life, if you wait, he will not let you miss it. Some people think that God will let, you'll just miss it. You will not miss it. If you get under the fire of God, If you get into the presence of Jesus, if you keep pursuing him and waiting, he will show you. He will show you. There were many times in my job when I was working, eight years ago someone spoke a prophetic word over me about things I would do in my future. Declaring things and I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. There were times I used to ride to work on my bike and I remember them. Freezing cold days in the snow. Riding on my bike thinking, what is going on, Lord? I like my job, but you said these things, and I don't understand what's going on. Lord, maybe I need to do something. And when I did that, the Lord seemed to speak to me every time and just tell me to wait. There was a job that came up once. I nearly went for it. I nearly left my job I'd been in to go for this job. It seemed great. And the moment I tried to pursue it, The moment I tried to look into it, 
God came in a certain way and spoke to me and said, don't do it. He seems so right to me. But he wanted me to wait. Hang on. And then when I did see the fruition and see what God was going to do at the right time, I realized, I thought, boy, I'm so glad I never moved. Did my own U-turns when I thought it was the right thing to do. The truth is this, being still is the exact thing that the Israelites should have done. To stay still in that place. But I want to just focus on this other thing it says this. You might not have picked up some of these things before, but I just looked at this and I saw that he said this. The pillar of cloud that they've been following. He said this pillar of cloud that you're following is going to move behind you. It started to move behind them. And it went behind them for a purpose. He said this, verse 19, the pillar of cloud moved from in front and stood behind them. This was God. He's sending his pillar. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. In other words, this pillar that they'd followed all of a sudden shifts behind them. And he acts as a barrier of protection to hide them from the armies of Egypt. He said that no one could come to each other that night. They were both. There was this division between them both. As God brought them into a position to stay still, he then puts his hedge of protection around them to guard the armies of Egypt from coming through. It was like a divine wall of protection for God to work behind. Habakkuk 2 Verse 1, Habakkuk the prophet said, he would wait. He said, I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Habakkuk said this, I will station myself. I will station myself at this, the ramparts with a fortified wall of protection. He said, I'm going to wait here. I'm going to stand here. I'm staying put. I'm not moving until I hear what you have to say, Lord. I'm going to be still. I'm going to sit here and wait for you, God. Some of us need to learn to sit and wait. But know this, that God is putting a hedge of protection around you. Sometimes we feel that we have to be on the move to darting away from the enemy because if we sit and wait... We're not so active. God's got it all in control. He guards you. Just like he did with these. To put this cloud between them. So that no one could go to each other. That night. But I want to just say this to you as well. That when he puts this cloud there. I want you to try and think about it. But this cloud must have been. A very, very big cloud. If there were potentially two to four million people stood there that the armies of Egypt couldn't see them all night because they were disguised by this cloud, it must have been a seriously big cloud. And what we know is in later in the story that behind this cloud, not only is there protection, 
Not only is there protection for the Israelites, but God was doing some serious work for their future. Behind that cloud, God was doing something serious about their future. Serious, miraculous work. Number three today is this. Always look on the bright side. Always look on the bright side. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the pillar of cloud it says that went behind them, that caused a barrier for them, so that the armies of Egypt couldn't see them. He said on one side of that cloud, it was darkness. But on the other side, it was light. That doesn't sound like your normal average cloud, does it? It provided light on one side and darkness on the other. I believe, I know, I believe that the the Israelites probably were in the light side. Amen? We're in the light side now. I believe, it doesn't tell us this, but just go with this for a minute. But I believe that when it says it shifted behind and it provided light on one side and darkness on the other, I believe that God was probably totally clouding so they couldn't see the Israelites camping and being still. However, on the other side of this cloud, they weren't sat in darkness while they waited. They weren't sat there thinking, what is going on? God provided a light. And I believe that if this pillar of cloud was so big to cover and hide up to two to four million people, whatever it was, but it's a big number, if he was going to do this, and it was darkness on one side, I believe that the light was like a massive floodlight to show them ahead. It was a spotlight, probably over the sea, to show them what God was about to do. He's saying, you stay still, I'll protect you behind, but I'm going to show you in this season ahead. I'm going to show you with my great spotlight Ahead, where you're going to see. You see, you're not in the darkness, you're in the light. And I'm going to show you what I'm about to do. They must have had a seriously floodlit view, amen? I I believe that. The cloud that big that provides light, that has enough darkness on the other side to disguise them, must have had enough light to show them. Psalm 119, verse 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. I believe this, that God wants to light your path. He wants to show you ahead. There's so many people out there, I don't know how they could go through their lives without being directed by God. He says, I want to give you through my word, through maybe sometimes the prophet might speak to you, amen, if he does, but... Through his word and through prayer and in the quiet place when you're still and encamped. When you listen and wait. That in that time there will be points of time when he will shed light on your path. Just like he did for the children of Israel. But this is the important bit. I want you to look again at Exodus 14 verse 21 to 22 what we read earlier. The bit where Moses stretches out his hand over that sea. When they sat there watching and they're 
in front of this cloud that's providing all this light for them to see this way forward. He says this, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and then this. I want you to get this. And all that night, and all that night, the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. Know this, I don't know what Hollywood movie you've seen, the Noah one's out at the moment, and there's a little bit of controversy on how accurate that is. But every time there's a movie out, every time it shows us a story in the Bible, it always seems to be that things are just dramatized and put a bit of Hollywood touch on them. And every time I heard the story and I watched the TV programs, I see Moses raise his hand and the waters part so quickly. Within minutes... I'm to the next scene and they're running through. And it looks great. But here the truth is this. I want you to see this again. All that night, it took the whole night for the waters to part. When he stretched out his hand, some of us here are waiting for the miracles sometimes when we pray for people. He says, all that night. It wasn't, I'm going to say this and you're going to see this amazing thing happen, guys. Watch. None of the Israelites can see now because you've got a floodlit view. Watch this. No, he never said that. He said, he, he put his arm out and he stretched his arm and the waters parted and all that night. In other words, the children of Israel were sat there camped up with an ice big floodlight looking, protected by their enemies because they'd done what God had said. But right before their eyes under this floodlight, God through the night was showing them, I'm parting the ways. I'm making a path for you guys. You see, how many of you know when we're tired? I don't know about you, but if I ever wake up in the night, everything that bothers me is always ten times worse. When we're tired, it's always worse. I wake up sometimes, two, three in the morning, it's like, oh man, I've got to do that. How am I going to do it? And you stay awake because things seem worse at night. They always do. Because we dwell on them. We've got time to just sit, start dwelling in, in the night hours. And I believe that they were very tired. He said, it's the worst time, but in the night, but God provided a light for them to see. But through that time, they started to see the water. There must have been stages when they thought, is it moving? Is the wind moving the sea? Can we see that? Is that what's happening? Guys, look at that. Can you see? Does the wind look as though it's shifting it? I don't know, guys. Let's have a look. Yeah, look, it looks a little bit different to last time. They never saw it just move. And I believe that God does the same for us. He's put you in a position behind the cloud to give you light to show you your future if you trust Him. Let's hope you're on the right side of the cloud. Metaphorically. Let's hope you're on the right side of the cloud. That God is with you and not against you. That you are the ones who are going to see tomorrow. Not the ones who are going to be subdued by the water. But all that night they watched. They looked out and they saw gradually their promises unfold. And I want to say today there's some people I believe here today. 
that are struggling because they're probably, you're either in one or two camps. You, at the moment, you don't know if you can wait. You've been instructed to just hang on and wait. But somebody here maybe today, you've waited and you're looking and God keeps giving you prophetic words through people. You keep reading your Bible and you believe God is showing you the next route and the next direction. Then you don't and then it seems to go quiet again. I believe you're in the nighttime hours where you're looking out. It's vague. There's a spotlight. There's just a little bit of light. It's not daytime yet. You can't see in HD. But you can see a glimpse. You can see a touch of what God is about to do. And all the way through the night you have to trust Him. Because morning's coming. In the third watch of the night, coming into morning, it says the waters parted and they went through. I want to tell you this, if you're trusting God, if you've learned to go into the place of waiting, if you've learned to go into the quiet place and wait on Him, truly wait. You will be delivered. You will see the promises. God will not let you down. Amen. Some people here today are probably thinking, God has let me down. I'm looking out. I can't really tell. Is the, is the waters parting? Are they moving? Is it like we think it is? Some believe. Some see it. Some don't. No, I'm not sure. Some haven't got as good an eyesight as others. I'm not sure. But I believe there's people here today that God wants to speak to, to say to you that, that you have waited, you're sat in the camp, you're looking out, you know you've got protection from me. I want you to trust me now through the night hours. Look out. You see, one thing I love about space, I love watching programs about space and I was watching one about the moon the other, the other day on TV and I just loved it that the fact that it's just amazing. It's a, such a simple thing, but it's amazing that the sun, when it goes around and it casts light onto the moon, it gives us light. A little bit of light for the, for the night time. How many of you know when it's a clear night and you've got the moon, you can't see fully, but you can see a little bit. There's glimpses. You can work out. The color's not there. You can't see the color. You can't tell if a car's red sometimes or it's blue because the light's not fully there. But you get a glimpse. Some of us today have been looking through a glass darkly. We can't see everything. You're in the nighttime hours. By God's grace, He gives you the moonlight to see a little bit of what's happening on the sea, the path. But daytime, morning is coming. Morning's coming, guys. And if you trust God, He will not let you down. His promises will be fulfilled in your life. Keep calm and carry on. First, keep calm. Get into the quiet place before you carry on. You may be feeling tired, exhausted. You're halfway through the night and it just feels like it's never ending. But there's nothing we can do about that. We're in God's time. We're in His hands. Just be like David said. My times are in your hands, Lord. Not mine. Stop trying to control everything to your time plan and your calendar. One day, when God comes and we all, all, everything's gone away, everything has ended, I'll tell you what, we will not be worrying about the time plan that we're on now. We'll realize that He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one 
who was and who is to come. You will know that day on judgment day, when he comes, you'll think, wow, the things that I try to sometimes say, God, when are you going to do this? When are you going to do that? We're such a short time on this earth. Give every second to God and wait for him to perform his actions at his time. But just learn to be still. I want us to know, one thing I want us to learn out of this is that when we are in the night time, we need to start thanking God for the glimpses that he gives us. Sometimes some of us are so good at moaning about what we haven't got when he has given you the moonlight. He's given you the glimpses of what he's going to do. Just like them, they saw that path. But I'll tell you what, when they saw the waters part and there was a wall of water on the left and the right, how amazing it must have been for them as they walked through. As they carried on through, saying, God, you've done it. You have done what you said you were going to do. They must have been so amazed as they walked through that Red Sea, thinking, God, you said it. We did what you said, and now we're in it. We're living it. We're living it. We're touching dry ground in sea. We really are touching dry ground where sea should be, Lord. We're living an impossibility. We're living something, Lord, that I, I, it was once prophesied to me. It was once spoken to me what you're going to do. There were promises. There were things that I believed you would do. I'm seeing it right in front of my eyes. My feet are actually touching it, Lord. If, if, if I'd have gone through that cloud and tried to get away from this, Lord, but I watched and I learned to, to wait and listen. And I can see now. They must have rejoiced. They must have been the best worship service ever. You think people sing well when they're in cars and they're traveling somewhere. I bet you they were singing their hearts out. They love sung, I give you glory like never, never before. I give you glory, Lord, that have said. Because you've led us through. You've done what you said you were going to do. Thank you, Lord, for the glimpses. Thank you, Lord, when I was tired last night watching. I know you've done it. They must have been so happy. But God also did what he said he was going to do. And he crushed the enemy behind them. He says the enemy was swallowed up. Right behind them. The waters crashed in. And he did what he said he was going to do. I want to encourage you today. And I want to say to you today. Whatever you do. Always walk on the bright side. Always stay on the bright side. Always look to God. Always look to Jesus. Because you do not want to find yourself on the dark side. Where you can't see what God's doing. Where you're blinded by the by what God is doing. I'm so happy today. That God has given me a hope and a future. I'm so happy today that he has helped me to see forward. That in him, I don't worry because in him, as his word says, all your days were in his book of days. I'll tell you what, if you want the best life ever, if you want the most exciting life ever, live out the days that have already been predestined from God. If you want the most exciting time for your Christianity, don't just say, I'm going to hang around and wait and just go to some special conference and feel the fire of God. No, live it out. Go and live. Go and live. 
The answer to you moving forward in the promises of God is not from just one meeting and someone laying their hands on you. It's not about that. It's a change of life inside of you. It's something that says, I know I'm walking in the light. I know I'm walking forward and I ain't looking behind me. I'm not worried about that anymore. I'm not worried about the things behind. I'm looking ahead. Jesus. Hallelujah. I finish with this. Psalm 40 says, verse 1 to 2, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and mire. He set me my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. They didn't have to try and cross the water. He gave them a firm place to stand. Because of what? I waited patiently for the Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.